0: What's up guys? I'm James O'Neill. You're here with the O'Neill Ops podcast. And today we have Rich from Ultimate Night Vision. And we're going to be doing something that's a little bit different. I'm going to kind of introduce him and what he does and then let him go into detail about it. This is something that we kind of were collaborating on the phone. We were talking about doing a podcast via the phone but him and Tyler and Chris of the Night Crew and Ultimate Night Vision all came up here and did some some film work and some hunting with us so I just thought it'd be a pretty cool chance since he's in house it's kind of a unique situation to get him and his mindset with what he's done for Ultimate Night Vision regarding the the media side of things. It's really impressive just kind of get his story and how he do it does it because I know there's a lot of guys out there that are real interested in that. So we're just going to kind of get right to the point once again, guys. This is the Predator Hunter podcast. This is a place that we go into detail with the equipment that we use, application-specific uh, tools, tactics, training techniques to help you become more successful at what you do, and that's what we're doing here. This is going to be film equipment, editing equipment, software, hardware, you you name it, this is going to be the episode for that. We got somebody that's, I would call a, a subject matter expert on that. So with that said, we have Rich. Introduce yourself, dude, and uh, just give us a quick rundown on what you do.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me on and thanks for having me out. Uh, it's real good to be here in person. Uh, it's a beautiful country out here. Um, a little bit about myself, I've been working for Ultimate Night Vision since the end of 2015, so about six years in the industry. Um, Originally got into night vision through hog hunting in Texas, and I'm just kind of a gear person, technology person, so I'm drawn to things like that, like night vision, thermal imaging stuff that kind of gives you superpowers. And, um, yeah, just gotten real into filming, editing, social
0: media, and just uh, all the challenges that come along with that. So – First, to start things off, you you started working for Tyler at Ultimate Night Vision as basically sales.
1: Yeah, sales and kind of everything. So when I first started, he was mainly into thermal, and um, I would say most of my knowledge was in actual night vision image intensification, so I kind of brought that side uh, to it. And um, yeah, I mean, it was just, I was the first employee, so it,
0: it was kind of a little bit of everything. And you did at that time when you were basically in sales, you were doing a lot of, uh, of the, like you said, some of the filming and the editing and uploading stuff like that for some of the, the social media platforms. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I was doing, um, sales and then basically in any free time that I had after, after work hours, you know, outside of the regular eight to five, I was out hunting, getting footage, testing gear and, um,
0: uploading it to social media. So, from take us through the beginning a little bit, just from uh, what you were doing the be in the beginning to the transition that you've made now. What are, what do, what's your give it? What's your job description right now? What what your transition is?
1: Okay, yeah, re- recently I got out of sales and um, I'm just a hundred percent in marketing and social media now. So um, we we got some new guys that are on sales that uh, have some good experience already and. They're going to do a really good job. So that'll kind of free me up to do some other stuff. We can think more big picture about
0: what sort of content that we want to do and how we want to market the brand. So, just so you guys know, if some of the most of the guys that follow us and, and listen to what we're doing, we've talked before on another podcast. This is the first time that we've actually met in person. But Rich is the one that has been putting together the footage for Ultimate Night Vision that has millions, hundreds of millions of views. And you guys are closing in on YouTube. What you have, how many subscribers?
1: We're up to 830,000.
0: So you're going to be, what's your projection? Just an, an idea for a million. We're hoping to get to a million,
1: um, at some point, 2022. That's, that's awesome.
0: So you, the rich is the one basically that started the snowball over there, just putting, the, the footage together, uploading it, getting the views. Anytime I have questions on um, whether it's a, a, a factor of demonetization or some kind of age restriction or flagging on videos, I've asked you a lot of different times for help on that. And you've, you've literally walked me through certain scenarios, what to do, and it's helped a lot. But let's uh, talk about Let's talk about the traffic generation, like how you generate traffic. What what what's your technique that you use to whether it's YouTube, whether it's Facebook or Instagram. Or maybe maybe I think you've got written down all the three different platforms that you're kind of uh, in control of and that you post to. Walk us through YouTube and kind of explain to guys how you go about what your mindset is for a production. Uh, what you're looking to do regarding views. And then maybe we'll, you know, the whole layout of that. And then maybe we'll talk about the Facebook and Instagram as well. Okay.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's so much to talk about. I'll try not to get too far off track. Go, go in detail, dude. Redirect me if, if I do, Um, I'd say probably the vast majority of my energy gets um, put towards YouTube. I think YouTube has the most potential. They were the first platform to really allow creators to monetize. Um, and it's, it's the platform that you can, you can really gain an advantage if you're willing to put the work in and kind of go through all the, or jump through all the hoops and go over all the hurdles that, that you run into. Whereas some of these other platforms um, like Instagram and Facebook, your organic reach is just really limited Um because of the platform they've they've changed their algorithms to where they pretty much want you to pay for advertise advertising to um have your stuff promoted to people who aren't already following you so youtube actually allows you to have that organic reach if you're willing to put in the work so it's it's hard it's complicated it's a grind um I didn't know anything about it before I got into it, and and it's just me just throwing everything against the wall and seeing what sticks. Uh, running into a roadblock and trying to figure out a solution or or a hack or a creative way to just get around those those problems, and that's that's big for us in the hunting, firearms and, and shooting sports industries. Is, is I mean we're kind of at a disadvantage politically, um, just the all, all the te- tech platforms uh, where you know we're trying to promote ourselves they're not really a hospital hospitable environment for um for people like us so we have an uphill battle but i think you know if you can if you can navigate those waters then i mean you gain a real advantage over other you know other people who may just have it easier so i mean you kind of figure things out better by having more struggles
0: what's your take on uh like the algorithms that you mentioned on specifically youtube to significantly grow your channel from what you've seen some of the spikes maybe in subscribers what do you uh what do you relate that to what do you what do you think causes that what what are the algorithms that you see that guys need to kind of focus on in order to grow their channels
1: oh that's that's tough i mean there's there's so many things there's um so many facets to it I would say, I mean, the best thing that you can do is just keep trying stuff and see what works. Pay attention to your analytics. YouTube has a ton of information that you can look at to see um, how your videos are doing, um, your audience retention, how long people are watching each video, what percentage of the time people are clicking on your video, if YouTube is serving that up to people, um, which is really important. So, I mean, if you know, besides making good content, there are some, some things that are just absolutely essential, um, to succeed on YouTube. And, um, those would the two things would be your, um, your titles for your videos and your thumbnails, because if nobody, if nobody clicks on your videos, it doesn't matter how, how good the video is. Um, you're not going to get that watch time. And if YouTube, promotes your video or puts that on the home screen for somebody to watch and they don't click on it, they're going to stop recommending it. So the number one thing that you have to do besides make good content is make sure that you have a thumbnail and a title that is going to make somebody at least interested or curious in watching your content. So, you know, don't hamstring yourself by making really good content
0: and then, you know, just half-assing the title or the thumbnail. How do you think, uh, like, what's overboard on clickbait? What would you say for, like, a thumbnail? What I do personally, like, I'll try to go through the actual video that that I, the production that I would say I did, whether it's the B-roll in the intro or one of the actual kill shots, and I'll basically screenshot that and use that as a thumbnail somewhere along the line. What's your take on how you do it? I think initially I always I
1: always took a, a screenshot or a screen grab from that actual video. But um, I think the general consensus is that your thumbnail doesn't have to be something from the video. I mean, if you see some of the more popular YouTubers and um, uh, people are doing really well, they're not necessarily just taking a screen grab. There are a lot of these, these bigger creators are actually hiring people full-time just to make thumbnails for them. So yeah, I mean, you can, you can go beyond that. I would say that you don't want to be clickbaity. You don't want to have anything that's misleading that, you know, somebody clicks on it expecting one thing and you give them something completely different. But if you're, um, if your title and thumbnail uh, get somebody interested and they click on it, as long as it's somewhat related or um, it, there's something in there in that video that relates to the title and thumbnail, I think that's
0: fine. Gotcha. Gotcha. So YouTube is primarily what you like to do. What have you done what's your take on kind of the facebook and and instagram side of things since you're doing those as well well um i've seen you do some nasty stuff on facebook i mean just randomly looking at some of the and i don't get on facebook near as much but i've seen some of the videos last time we talked last time we did a podcast and you and tyler were on it i think it was just a random coincidence i looked that day on i don't know i think it was your thermal uh thermal and night hunting uh forum or, or or page that you have and you had a video that had over a million views relatively quick. So you're doing something there too that's getting a lot of triggers.
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, face, Facebook definitely has the potential. Like if you post content on Facebook, it has the potential to gain a ton of views in a really short amount of time. Because Facebook's such a large network. And if stuff gets shared around, then, I mean, yeah, you can get over a million views in just a matter of a day or even even less than a day there are, I mean, yeah, there's, there's so many little differences between the platforms and it's, it's important to post stuff and, and try things on each platform and try to read the recommendations. Cause a lot of times the platforms themselves will kind of give you a hint on what they're looking for. Like Facebook specifically says that videos over three minutes in length are going to do better than videos that are shorter than three minutes. So like right now, I try to shoot for uh, a duration between three and five minutes on Facebook. Whereas on YouTube, probably ideally you'd want to be somewhere between like 10 and 15 minutes. Um, I mean, that's not an absolute hard and fast rule, but those are kind of some general parameters about the differences in those those things f- for each platform. Facebook is now monetizing, so that's really good. I mean, it's motivated me to uh, move a lot of our content uh, that was much exclusively on YouTube, starting to move it over to Facebook. Um, the potential for making ad revenue is is great. I don't think they have it sorted out nearly as well as as YouTube does. So a lot of the stuff that I've posted, the um, eligibility for monetization is is kind of in question, and the standards um, aren't really clear. So it's it's just going to be trial and error to figure out what exactly Facebook is looking for in terms of um, what they're gonna monetize and what they deem inappropriate for
0: advertisers. So what do you think is say this is just a quick question. When somebody age restricts or flags or does something on YouTube, whether they age restrict it and you know, basically that 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 shuts your video down. That stops your views hard. And then say like I did it, you kind of recommended some stuff for me to do on Facebook. So I posted a video and it started going really well. I think it got, I think, 300,000 views in a couple of days. And then somebody must have complained because now you have to, the, the, the whole title, or not the title, but the whole picture, the, the thumbnail is blurred out. So you have to click on something. And it seems like since Facebook did that, the... the
1: Yeah, it's dead. Yes. It's dead. So that's that's basically what we've ran into with Facebook is you have the potential to get a ton of views but if your video is extremely successful early, you can pretty much guarantee it's going to get flagged and get that sensitive content um, cover on it. And once that happens, it's pretty much done. So uh, the thing with Facebook is you can kind of re-upload content. So you can kind um, of you know, take, take what you put up there and maybe um, you know, change some things about it or, or combine that content with some other stuff and
0: just uh, take another shot at it and see what happens. I got you. I was wondering about that because I noticed I was getting comments left and right. And then all of a sudden it, it got censored and it just stopped. So I was wondering if that was kind of a similar, set. So I was assuming it was the same. Now, what about YouTube? Like, uh, or actually before uh, the, the YouTube and Facebook, uh, let's go talk about Instagram real quick. And then go into what you think like the different viewers on each platform are. If you think they're all kind of similar viewers that follow you or if they're a almost a completely different audience. So anyway, you you do all the ultimate night visions uh Instagram as well. Yes. And what do you think about how do you, do you enjoy doing that? What do you what, what's your what's your goals for posts there? Like what kind of content are you looking at posting? High quality pictures or do you do reels or do you do uh, you know, just stories and pictures of what your, your day-to-day your hunts are or whatever you're doing every day. What, what do you do? Um,
1: on our account, I mostly post videos. Uh, we probably could post more pictures, but the videos seem to do more. They seem to get more traction, but YouTube in general, I mean, Instagram in general, um, it's just hard to get any sort of organic reach. If you, if we look at our, our data, you'll see a video gets, um, some odd, number of views and then it'll say how many views or impressions were people who weren't following you. And it's like 1% or 2% most of the time. So it's like some, honestly, we don't, we don't put that much effort towards Instagram because there's not a lot of benefit to, um, posting there. I mean, you can, you can put forth so much effort in getting like the best picture, the best video, and it's probably not going to get any sort of traction on Instagram. So it's kind of like, you know we'll post something up but we don't really expect to get anything out of the probably the the most beneficial thing that we've got out of Instagram is networking um that's the most valuable uh, thing that I've found uh, from Instagram is it seems to be a place where you can get in contact with lots of people and people can, can get in contact with you for so we've had uh, collaborations with people and just just been put in touch with some really cool people in the industry and outside the industry that we wouldn't have otherwise
0: um, talk to so that's pretty cool regarding that why don't you just name a couple guys just it's pretty cool it's off the top of your head just for for the hell of it uh there's been there's some
1: been some nfl players um that have contacted us and uh we've we've taken on hunts um tyler tony from dude perfect came out on a hunt he he got in touch with uh anthony Amatine. he's pretty he's a pretty pretty popular guy he's got a lot of people contacting him on instagram um uh, steve ranella Tim Wells. Um, that's, cr- that's cool. Yeah. a bunch, bunch of people. So, uh, it's, it's been, it's been good. I mean, it's a good networking tool. So
0: breaking each, uh, each setup, each, uh, uh, social media platform, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, what's your thoughts on, are, are they all, I mean, if somebody's more than likely all the more than likely everybody that's following you on probably Instagram and Facebook are subscribed to you via YouTube but not the other way around, or how would you put it? I don't, I don't think so. What,
1: what I've kind of learned or observed is, is that there's not nearly as much overlap as you would think. Like you have, you have people who are exclusively on Facebook and then, you know, those people don't necessarily watch YouTube and same goes for Instagram. So um, we kind of put a premium on YouTube and, and put our best videos and full, full edited Uh, Productions on YouTube and didn't put them on places like Facebook. Um, But even regardless of Facebook now monetizing, I think it's beneficial to post on every platform that you can because you can pick up a a large following on one platform um, that on another platform that isn't on the main platform that you focus on. So
0: I think it's beneficial. Like a lot of, there's just not as much overlap as you think. Really? That's interesting. See, that's something that you would know a lot more about than, than I would. When you, uh, when you do a, a video, when you edit a video and you look at it and you start to piece it together for a YouTube, say a YouTube production... What are some of the things that you're concerned of? I know you kind of are concerned about regarding how you put it together. I know you talked, we talked about, you know, you got the thumbnail and you have the title initially to get the, the, the interest getter. You know, it's, it's, what's the first initial impression. That's what somebody sees. That's what somebody reads. And that determines whether or not a lot of times they're going to click on it. But after that, from you as a personal creator, what you do all the the hundreds of millions of videos that you've, put together or the, the, sorry, the hundreds of millions of views from the videos that you've put together. What do you do? How do you kind of, what, what's in your, in your mind putting stuff together when you're putting a video together?
1: There's a lot of stuff that goes into it and it's, it's pretty complicated and especially complicated for, um, for us, for people in the hunting or shooting industry, uh, because you have so many potential landmines that'll get your video demonetized. So you have to consider a lot of that stuff. Where uh, you wouldn't necessarily, you can't just necessarily go by what you think will go viral because that that same thing may be the thing that gets you demonetized, and um, and it's not just that your video is demonetized and you're not making money off of it. If it gets demonetized, it pretty much kills the views too. So um, there there are little things about YouTube like. They, they have some weird rules that are hard to find, but um, there's kind of like a, a, a general rule that if you put, if you front load your video with um, a bunch of kills, like in our, in the context of our videos, like if we put a bunch of kills or like some graphic kills in our video in the first minute or two, then it's much more likely to get demonetized or, or age restricted. Same thing with, with um, uh, curse words and stuff like that. So, um in general you try to keep the first minute or two of the video pretty mild and then put the put the the juicy stuff on the back end which is tough because like you don't it's a balance between you know trying to hook the viewer and get them interested in the video and keep watching and not click off but also you don't want to put a bunch of stuff in your video that's going to get it demonetized so you have got to f- find a way to keep the viewers attention
0: while also not, um, screwing yourself over. So that's a lot, that's, and and it might not, it might seem simple listening, but when you start putting stuff together, it's not so simple. I mean, it's like you and I were talking, there's that dude, uh, whistling diesel. And you're, if you look at, excuse me, the simplicity of, if you look at the simplicity of what his video looks like, it looks like that's, if, if, yeah, if it was just if it
1: was a, go going around crashing trucks
0: yeah if you if you were a 60 50 year old dude looking at it you'd be like this is stupid what the hell you know some kid but if you if you really sit back and look at how it's all done you're like that's pretty genius you know they've got a way that they're putting stuff together to be able to attract that many viewers you just i mean you just randomly don't do that
1: yeah, there's there's so much more to it, and if, if somebody's successful on, on YouTube and like really successful, chances are they're not dumb. They're they're pretty smart, and there's a lot more going on be, behind the scenes than than what you see just like on uh, just on face value. And yeah, Whistling Diesel, I I love just watching other creators, even if it's not necessarily like my jo- genre. I like watching other creators and just seeing how they're using the platform and, and what they're doing with their material because a lot of times you can get some good tips and hints on how to um, kind of craft your content to succeed.
0: So if we're at 25 minutes, so we can, we'll t- cover this and then we can reset your camera real quick. But uh, like, say I put up a video and it gets age-restricted. I've had a bunch of guys ask me questions about stuff like this, put up a video, it gets age restricted and then basically limited monetization or demonetized. What do you recommend doing for, for if somebody did that, you've had numerous videos that get age restricted for one way or for for one matter or another. Uh, What are some of the issues that you've had and like, how do you try to resolve it? How do you try to fix it so you can optimize what that video could potentially do? Um, I mean,
1: that's, that's been a major, major part of like what, what I've spent my time on. Um, There's no, there's no easy answer, but there, I mean, it's just kind of, you got to try everything and I've tried everything. So for example, if your video gets age restricted and it's a hunting video, one, one thing I've, of course you want to appeal. So you want to appeal that restriction and sometimes it'll get overturned and and you're fine. But if it doesn't, uh, there's some other tricks that you can do. Like you can go into the editor and blur blur some parts of your video or trim some parts out of your video and then send YouTube an email or a message and ask them to reevaluate it. So I've done that before, which is kind of funny. Like I've had, I've gotten hate from people before because, um, they're mad because I've, they're like, why are you blurring stuff out of your video? Like, why would you do yeah. that? And it's specifically because it's gotten age restricted. And if I blur this, this part or another part and submit it back to YouTube, then that's gotten it um, unrestricted. So there's just little tricks like that. I mean, you got to try everything. I use their, their feedback um, button and send messages that way. I'm, they try to make, they've increasingly made it harder and harder to contact a, a real person So, um, you just got to try different ways. Like if, if I have email correspondence with people, I make sure I always fill out the surveys or sometimes I'll even use old survey links just to send a message to them and say, I'm, I'm dissatisfied with uh, something that happened. And sometimes that can, that's enough to get somebody to respond to you or, or act. I mean, I think, you know, there may be some stuff that's intentional, like, yeah, they're like, they're trying to censor you, but also a lot of it is just like their YouTube is a a huge platform and for them to moderate stuff at scale is just difficult. So it's just, um, sometimes it's just squeaky wheel gets the grease. Like you just got to get some, a human to lay eyes on, on your problem. Um, and then gets, hopefully you get somebody who's not against you or somebody who, um, is willing to help you out. So
0: it, I could probably go on for an hour on. Well, on. let's do that. Let's reset your camera real quick. And then I want I was going to ask you about that, that deep, that, uh, another, like the demonetization question, like some other things too. So, so we're still hot. Rich just had to check a couple cameras. We're trying some new angles and he sets some stuff up that looks good for just the visual, the, the videography looks awesome. So, Talking about back to the, the demonetization or, or stuff like that, I've heard, and I know I asked you, but I've heard after you acquire or you you earn, I would call it earn, after you earn so many subscribers, I've heard that you get a designated person from YouTube to basically you can have contact with somebody for problems.
1: That, I had heard that too. I, I think that's how it used to be. I mean, that's what the policy was. And so I was super excited to get to 100,000 subscribers. So then I'd get a personal contact in YouTube who could help us out if we had an issue. Um, but when we hit a $100,000 we or 100,000 subscribers, we applied, got no response. Um, and we applied again, got no response. And then they changed their policy and said, um, there's... They're, it's just basically, um, it's up to them. It's up to their discretion whether they want to give you a, a partner, a YouTube partner manager. So
0: it's uh, it's not going to happen. So, so what you're saying, though, there is still a potential for you to still apply to get somebody like that. You can't even apply anymore. Oh, I think, I think okay. it's
1: like a we'll, uh, will-contact-you situa- situation.
0: You'd think that there would be somebody that would be able to do that based on, there's not a whole lot of, well, there's more and more and more, but it, okay, X amount of 100,000 subscriber channels. There's probably quite a few of them. Not a, not as many as, as, as there are 100,000 subscriber channels. You go up to half a million subscribers, fewer. You go up to a million subscriber channels, fewer yet. You'd think that they would kind of cater to those guys because they're the ones that are bringing... Whether it's content that they like or content that they don't like, it's still bringing traffic to their chan. It's still bringing traffic to their platform. You would, you would think that. I mean,
1: nowadays there's probably I, I don't know how many million subscriber channels there are. There's probably close to a million now, if I had to guess. What I mean, say that again? Hold on. There's what was probably I I I'm speculating. There's probably there's a lot. I'm oh. guessing there's a lot, and I'm not too optimistic about it just because. Um, I know some i I've had contact with some people who have channels like much larger than ours, you know, a couple million subscribers, and I don't know anybody who's got a partner manager. Gotcha um so i think so I mean, don't expect it yeah i- w- I wouldn't expect it although um I think you had told me that uh fishing with Flair had actually um had somebody from YouTube contact him to help him out with an issue with some other, uh, friends that he had who had a, other hunting channels that had gotten deleted. So that's, that's a good sign. Uh, there are some people in YouTube, at least, you know, one that we know of theoretically that, um, likes hunting content or thinks it's important, who's willing to help. So, you know, it's not all bad, but yeah, I wouldn't expect
0: any sort of official support from YouTube. What do you think off of? Uh, so we'll let's we'll we'll kind. Of, I think maybe wrap it up on the on the social media side of things, and then maybe go into the the filming aspect physically, like the the equipment used that you use. <clears throat> but the the YouTube side of things, uh, or social media side of things. What do you think? Um, do you think there's YouTube's basically? the only beneficial platform for guys like us you know guys that that do hunting and shooting stuff like that you know outdoors there's a lot of there's a lot of big channels that are just you know like what's that 40 Hickok 45 that guy's got a ton um who's that other guy that's probably our age that does demolition ranch yeah, demolition ranch you'd think those guys would just be getting hounded and hounded but they still continue to grow and, and you always hear guys i hear guys all the time like i'm on sniper side of a forum online a big big hunting and shooting forum guys are like well you know youtube is doing this and this and this which i don't really follow what youtube does real close other than post up to it but i sit back and watch those bigger channels and they continue to grow pretty well even with what they do i don't know how much they're having to fight to do it but you, other than Flair, when I listened to him of a couple months ago about having buddies that were getting demonetized, where that's basically their, that's their job. You know, when they're full full fledged YouTubers, that's their income. That's what they're doing, and so they have to. They're, they're obviously treating it like a business. And if they get demonetized and they're no longer making an income, you get concerned with that. But other than then, you know, I, I, me listening to him on his Instagram story talk about what YouTube was doing and this and that. So basically what he did is he created a sister channel that it was kind of a, I don't want to say a no holds barred channel, but that's where a lot of his firearms content went so that, you know, overnight, two days later, he had a quarter of a million subscribers, but it was primarily, he had the the shooting side of things. It wasn't fishing where he's kind of doing his big channel. It was more firearms, duck hunting or or coyote hunting or whatever else he does. So what do you think, like back to the main question, is it, is it a, is there a better do you think there'll ever be a better platform some of the guys will get together and build a bigger uh, a social media for guys like us or do you think that um it is what it is and with those guys those bigger subscribers like Hickok and and uh <clears throat> uh demolition ranch do you think that those guys are continuing and will continue to grow with maybe not as big of struggles as guys are making them out to be
1: Um, yeah, I think the big channels will continue to grow. I'm sure, I'm sure they just haven't been breezing by. I'm sure they've, I'm sure they've had more than their fair share of, um, issues with demonetization and age restrictions and the threat of, uh, the channel being canceled. Anytime there's some sort of, um, policy change that comes out, um, you know, people get worried and, and rightfully so, because yeah, they have, they have, their whole career, they have their family's livelihood wrapped up in this, this stuff. So um, yeah, it's, it's a precarious place to be, to be on a platform that you don't really have control over what's going to happen. You can't prevent, um, uh, you know, some sort of event where uh, your type of content is no longer allowed or no longer acceptable and, and your channel's deleted. So it makes sense that they do stuff you know, starting a second channel makes sense. It's kind of like diversifying. So if one channel gets deleted, then you, you still at least have something to fall back on. Um, as far as alternatives to YouTube, I, I'm not aware of any other viable platform right now. I hope that, that there is something, I mean, the hunting and shooting and outdoor industry is so huge and there's so much money behind it that you would think that we would be able to come up with, um, some alternative, but, um, it's tough because just big tech, big tech is so big that, I mean, it's, it's going to take somebody with a lot of money and a lot of influence and a lot of dedication to start something that's, that's actually gonna take hold and be a legit competitor to YouTube and Facebook.
0: I could imagine that, but if I bet I couldn't imagine how many, how many eyes there are on YouTube, potential eyes and then you take a, a, a group of like the the big you, you said it is a big industry the hunting and shooting industry and it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger but if you take the the amount of people that watch our stuff compared to the amount of guys that watch some something stupid on youtube you take that you get some kind like i was a uh um about three or four years ago i think i've started a membership at full 30 have you heard of that yeah and I actually was supposed to have a meeting with the, I think he was the developer of it. And I, I was busy. I, I should actually call him. I was just going to kind of talk to him and see what his plans were or how, just just out of curiosity. You know, we're, we're nothing big by any means. But anyway, a guy can kind of get a feel for it and see how, how big he thought they were going to get or what they were actually doing. It's always nice to try to support somebody that supports you. But at the same time, where are you going to go with it? You know, you post a video there and you get and nothing, nothing against any, anybody, but you, you get a, a millionth of the views yes, or a hundred thousandth of the views.
1: It's tough. I mean, yeah, the audience of YouTube is just enormous. I mean, it's, it's just completely eclipsing anything, mainstream media. Um, like YouTube is the thing. Like if you talk to a young kid, they're, they're going to be much more impressed by somebody who's a YouTuber than, than, you know, when we we're growing up, it's oh, you're, you're an actor or you're a celebrity or you're an athlete or something like that now yep. like the kids don't care they 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 follow Mr Beast and they follow Dude Perfect and they follow you know uh, whoever the gamers are that's that's who they're following i think youtube is huge yeah i i heard of full 30 and i think we applied to be yep. on full 30 um you know we nothing ever came of that and uh I don't know. It looks like they're still around, but I, I just haven't heard anything from them as far as like new developments or or what's going on with it. So, and I haven't followed up with it either.
0: Yeah, but that is that's interesting. What you said that's hundred percent freaking dead nuts, dude. It's the kids. Like if I my kids, it, you don't you don't even have to have Dish Network or any of that anymore. That's it's crazy how some of that stuff's going by the wayside. You can just go to YouTube and almost watch anything like how Netflix did away with Blockbuster, basically. If you look at it, in college, we'd go to Blockbuster. We'd go get movies. That's what we did. Got to get done with practice, go get a movie. Now you just, you don't leave the house. And then you go in and the kids are looking to, to basically YouTube uh, personalities. Uh, and that's their Tom Cruise, you know? Yeah. That, yeah. I, I, those are guys that I, you know, I was like Arnold, stallone ted or tom cruise all those those are guys that were you know they kind of stayed apolitical throughout most of their stuff you just liked what they did and now it's a it's a it's a youtube personality
1: yeah the world is changing
0: it is uh, i mean either you gotta
1: go with the changes or you get left behind so i think right now it's youtube hopefully something comes along where there's a change like you know with uh, crypto and blockchains. Maybe there's some sort of decentralized solution, like a decentralized social media, where um, you're not. Uh, you basically have some autonomy and ownership over uh, your profile, and and you know you have some ownership because you know on Facebook you don't own anything. I mean you're just basically using their service. All of your data, everything, your pictures and everything belongs to them. Same thing with YouTube. At least they give you a little bit of a cut of the money. But if you want to, if you get kicked off of YouTube, there's no way to take your subscribers with you. Um, There's no way to to port them somewhere else. Uh, Same thing with Facebook or any other social platform. So I I hope there's some sort of solution where um, you're able to just have some sort of ownership
0: and be able to bring people along with you if something happens. That's interesting point. I like that. that. That's I've never thought about that. That's real interesting. That's cool. Um, let's dude, let's that. Is there anything that you can think of that you want to touch base on the, the, like anything in particular on YouTube that we might have missed or, or possibly Facebook or Instagram that we might not have informed somebody that you'd like to mention something about?
1: No, I can't think of anything specifically. I think, I think even though it's tough, it's, it's worth it. Like if, if you, Um, if you want to do hunting and have a job in, uh, hunting or outdoors or shooting or anything like that, I think that social media and YouTube in particular are still your best bet currently. And if you put in the effort, it's worth it. Um, you know, I think it's, it's eclipsed other mediums like, like, um, TV, like TV hunting shows. I think those, those are on the way out. If they're not already, pretty much already. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's worth the effort. It's it's a struggle, but there there's still potential there, and you can make a career out of it. So
0: that's good. I would say if you're you're passionate about it, just do it. Solid. Do do good work. Somebody will see your work if it's good enough, and you'll go from there. It takes, like you said, you got to put in the work, man. It takes time. It takes time. It takes a lot of reps, and you're you're gonna
1: hit a lot of plateaus and roadblocks and everything and you just got to keep pushing through it and eventually
0: you'll break out if you keep keep at it. And like what you did with Ultimate Night Vision to be able to get to that as many subscribers, you'll have a million in probably a year like you said. You don't just automatically do that. You're working no matter what you do, you're you're sitting there, you're putting the edits in, you're figuring out how I want to put the intro, how I want to put the middle, how I want to put the outro, how you want to do everything. You don't just, I mean, you like you said, you it, initially in the beginning you're kind of throwing shit at the wall to see if it'll stick to figure out, hey, man, you know, you, you have to. You have to kind of get a feel for it. What's going to work? What's not going to work? And then once you do, you start finding a trend, which I I obviously haven't found yet, but, but you have. So that's good advice. I mean, anybody that wants to, to do something, they can do it. You just got to put your mind to it, and you got to try hard, and you got to do, you know, good work. Like Chris, you know, at Night Crew he that's some of the he he came out with carnivore six seven eight years ago and we had the most amazing hunt that i've ever really honestly been a part of but you start watching some of his footage and you can talk shit about anybody all you want but it's undisputed if you look at some of his night footage there's what what yeah what else is better than that You, you can't almost get nat geo stuff that's better than that we give each other a lot of shit all the time but if you do work and, it, and, and, and it's really good work, it's going to get seen, it's going to get noticed, and you're going to grow from it, period. So that's kind of the way, that's how I look at stuff, and that's kind of, we, we've we been real fortunate to affiliate ourselves with guys like you, Tyler, Chris, guys in the industry that are kind of, I would say, similar-minded and more so willing to help each other out. Like, you know, you've helped me a lot, a lot out early on on the phone, walking me, hey, James, you should do this, you should do this, a ton. You know, it's stuff that I would have never thought about doing so it, it's, it's cool, man. YouTube, the, the social media side of things, it's just going that way. It's, that's how the trend is. Like we talked, it's, it's, it's crazy to think and there's a lot of the mid to older generation that might not really, you know, like it or see it. And, but that's how it's going. Yeah.
1: You, you brought up a, po- a good point, um, is that we help each other out and I think that's what we need to do in our industry. Uh, you know, a lot of times you can get into, Um, the trap of thinking it's, it's a zero sum game. Like if, you know, if somebody else is doing well, that that means that I must be doing, you know, not quite as well, but really the best thing that you can do is make friends in the industry and help each other out. I mean, I'll help anybody out and bring them up because um, if, if one person succeeds, then it makes, it makes it possible for even more people to succeed. It's not like there's a limited um, piece of the pie that, you know you there's only one slice that you can get you can grow that pie and uh, help everybody out if you have a collaborative effort and rather than thinking about you know
0: somebody's your competitor so so it's it's me or him that's a perfect point because guys like us that stick together everybody say for just example the guys in the hunting industry if if we can get more guys that get more views that get more subscriptions that grow bigger channels it's a force multiplier. There's a whole army of us that has a lot more pull and a lot more say than having a hundred thousand other people out there that don't understand or give a shit about what we do. And there's only a couple of us. What are you going to do then? You know, you're at the mercy of them where we could actually just kind of stand together and, and, and and grow more, get more exposure. But, but there's a, you know, a guy's got to definitely do it right. You know, you have to, you have to, you have to present your stuff right. I think in a certain fashion, And, uh, you know, that's cool. I think guys get, you know, help each other out. And definitely that's a good point. Um, let's, uh, let's go into, we're at 45 minutes already. That's how fast this goes, dude. When you start getting into detail, that's awesome though. Uh, let's talk about some, you want to talk about some hardware, or some software first you want to talk about. I don't, when I say software, I don't want to go into like, maybe, maybe we'll just talk about an editing program here and there, maybe, the hardware definitely your cameras, what you like to use to film, whether we go from thermals to to daytime stuff or some of your daytime stuff that you can actually use at night uh and then we could talk about some some editing software this and that but let's let's just talk about some film equipment first, okay, like we go just w- what go ahead
1: um well, the majority of the equipment that I use is gonna be the products that we test and sell, so um Pretty much what I'm doing outside of 8 to 5 is uh, running up north to the Red River and hunting and going hog hunting and using these products and getting footage through uh, these various uh, optics, so mostly thermal scopes and also some night vision. And then um, in addition to that, you know, if it's a full moon, I'll bring my uh, Nikon Z6 and with a fast lens, and I'll, I'll get some, like, color quote, night vision footage, if it's bright out, just to mix it up. Uh, I mean, I've tried pretty much everything as far as filming at night. I've tried so many different setups and um, different techniques and, and ways to film things and
0: just, I'm always trying stuff out. So regarding thermal, let's just say thermal scopes that you're testing out. What are some of the best, some of the, the, uh, the better ones that you've used for over the past five, five years that you've been filming you know, I don't want to say the, the, the top one, but what are some of the, the handful of the best scopes that you've used that you've seen you're getting the best footage for your productions?
1: Well, it's um, it's interesting. Recently, I mean, it's become a lot easier to get good footage, and the main reason for that is is because of onboard recording. So um, having uh, some of these newer scopes have onboard recording has just been a game-changer compared to um, using scopes that just had a video output and you had to record to a a DVR, which didn't necessarily retain the quality that you're seeing through the scope. So, I mean, we, you know yourself that we've tried so many things to get good footage through some of those older scopes that have excellent image quality, like the, the have excellent image quality, but, you know, we were strapping iPhones to the eyepiece and, and compromising our hunting basically in order to get good footage so I mean just in general it's so much easier to use some of these new scopes like the IRA scopes that have onboard recording. It just makes it so much easier you can just uh you know transfer the video to your phone or to your computer via the app or or drag them onto a file onto your computer so um those those have been huge just made it so much easier I know I didn't really answer your question but I mean I'd say there's there's a ton of good scopes out there. I mean, um, almost every major brand has scopes um, for most budget ranges that will get the job done that you're going to be able to kill stuff with. And, um, I mean, compared to 10 years ago, I mean, the technology has grown so
0: far. What do you go through, like, one quick, uh, like, a so you go from A to B. On, your, on a night that you leave your house and you go hunting all night long what do you what do you take with to film go say, say it's a good say it's a moonlit night and you can get everything that you think you can get you can get some thermal maybe some night vision maybe some other what what do you what do you take and what, how do you do it
1: I'm usually I'm usually taking a, the Nikon z6 uh, with like a f1.4 lens uh, if it's a bright night sometimes I'll take a, a night vision filming setup
0: how do you do that, structure that real quick?
1: Um, the night vision setup is a slitten 944A monocular that you can attach to your mirrorless camera or SLR camera and basically have a night vision video camera that way. Another way is to hook an iPhone onto the back of a PVS-14 with an iPhone adapter or a GoPro adapter. You can do it that way. Um, and then whatever thermal scopes we're shooting through, uh, we're going to get footage through. And oftentimes what we'll do is we'll have some sort of monocular or unit that we're going to put on a tripod and set it up behind us when we're shooting and get foot kind of third person footage also. So we're just trying to get as much footage as we can. Um, and for me, it's a lot of it's dependent on, on what products we're testing and need to get some video footage from.
0: And on a dark night strictly thermal
1: on a dark night. Yeah. Don't, I don't bring the Nikon. Um, don't really get any night vision footage for the most part. It's pretty much strictly thermal.
0: Gotcha. And then basically when you get done, when you get done hunting and you're you're your, your head, you get back to the house. Um, you, how do you, how do you store all your footage? Do you put it on, you know, you go from You just dump it randomly, dump it on your computer. You have a separate hard drive. What's your setup for that?
1: My process when I get home from hunting, I'm usually coming back home, plugging everything in, making sure everything's charged. So if I have to hunt again, I don't try to head out the door and none of my stuff's charged. So make sure everything's charged up as soon as I get home. And then I'm taking all the footage and dragging it off of each unit and putting it in a folder and I'm, it's usually organized by date. So I'll have, I'll have a folder for December, 2021 and every hunt that I have in December, I'll put a date on it and short description of uh, where we went and just drag all the footage into there. And I just usually organize it by date. I got you.
0: And then, so I'm trying to think if there's any, is there any other camera equipment that you use that maybe a guy to go into? Like anything that you would like to kind of, cause you're. I mean, I could go into the detail on kind of some of the stuff that I use, but it's—I mean, you—you're primarily nocturnal.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't—I don't do
0: much filming in the day at all. It's pretty so. much all—it's pretty much all at night. Where we're so like, it would be a little bit different. I but I'm not. I don't. I'm, I'll get into my stuff some other time. But like, you—you—you uh, you, you get it all. You go back. You dump it. You have it organized in a in a in a professional manner. And then what do you use to edit computer wise? What do you, do you use a laptop? Do you have a PC? Do you have an app? What do you use?
1: Um, I have an iPhone and a Mac, so I'm editing on the Mac and final cut. Uh, I, I prefer, I like Apple just because air dropping probably is the main reason why I use Apple because it's just so easy to transfer something from your phone to your computer and, and back. And so, um, Yeah, Apple and Apple and
0: Final Cut is primarily what I use. So you got all your footage from one night, you got it all stacked up on a hard drive, organized. How long will that sit before you get to it and try to do some kind of a production, or do you do like, uh, you know, get enough footage for what? Do you how how do you go by um, the amount of footage that you basically occur over time? To the point where you're like, all right, I need to I need to compile this and do a a production, something, put it together on YouTube. I mean, does is it is it ever do you ever go out on one night and go, oh shit, dude, we got some stuff that I can just do a full fledged YouTube production? Which I mean, I think I've seen stuff where you go out on one night and you just you can hammer a million hit video on on Facebook. But regarding like a like a edited production, what are you looking at from that standpoint?
1: Generally, if if I was on kind of uh, a more regimented schedule, I'd say probably I'd take a month's worth of footage and make a video, like one per month. Definitely there are some nights where we, we just have a really good night and get a ton of great footage where we could make a, a YouTube video out of just that one hunt. But ordinarily it's, it's some sort of compilation and it's usually about a month's worth of footage um, that I'm compiling. So I usually make a rough edit um, and just break it down into clips from the night, and I'll usually post those on Instagram and Facebook. Facebook, I'm, I'm a, I am I may, I mean, I try to get enough footage on Facebook for a three- to five-minute video, and then Instagram, you know, you get one kill, 10 seconds or 30 seconds or something like that. And then YouTube. We've just found that um, getting about a 10-minute video on YouTube does the best, so I try to get about 10 minutes worth, worth of footage on there. With? Not much, not much filler in it.
0: Just a, a kill every. Yeah, probably 10 seconds, 10 to 30 seconds. Yeah, so that's a lot of, that's, that's, that might not seem like a lot, but that's a lot of kills when you start, when you start factoring everything in a kill every 10 seconds in a 10 minute video. That's a lot of shit going on.
1: Yeah, it's a lot. Um, it's a little monotonous. So, I mean, now, now that I'm kind of in a, in this new position with marketing and social media and I'll, I'll have some more time on my hands. Um, I'm going to try to move into some other types of videos. So
0: are you going to, yeah, that's cool. So more. go ahead. Are you, can you, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Or do you not want, you want to wait a little yeah, bit on no. what you, yeah. So what are you thinking then? If if you, say you, say your, uh, uh, your primary gig is a kill reel, say that that's primarily, you know, you, you, it's, it's cool intro, it's a kill comp, which is, you know, a lot of, it's a lot of work and a lot of meticulous, prepared precision shooting to get, you know, the the good shots and what you need. And then an outro or whatever you have. Is that how you would say you, is that how you would kind of classify what your editing style has been? Or how, how would you say you've, you've compiled your videos over the past five years? And then, and then tell me what you're going to go into. Tell me what you think you're going to try to... With, with your new gig, what you're going to do, tell me what you're going to try to go for, what your, some of your goals are.
1: Yeah, I'd say that's accurate. Pretty much up until now, like the bread and butter of our channel. If anybody's been to our channel, you know it's pretty much... It's it's kill compilations. Um, and they've worked really well. I mean, they, they do well, so it's... You know, it's yeah it's kind of a staple of the channel, and it's something... It's kind of a hack on YouTube that I've I've had some buddies who I've just told them like, hey, look, take these clips, break them up, cut out all the filler, try to try to take out all the parts where you're where you're shaking everywhere and stuff like that, so people are not getting seasick watching your videos. Try to make the audio good and make a little compilation and say you know, hundred kills with such and such scope, and it's it's going to be successful. So. I mean, that's just something that we found that works, but, um, I'd like to do some, some other stuff. So I'd like to do some more educational content, like, uh, actually do some how-tos and product reviews and, and stuff like that. Tutorials, I think would, uh, would be helpful because, you know, I've, I've got a lot, I've learned a lot of things, um, good and bad, uh, you know, learn things the hard way. So, um, I think it's a, It only makes sense to share that experience that I have with people and and help people out in terms of, um, you know, hunting stuff and uh, gear wise, gear selection, um, things like that. And then also we'd like to make some more long form content, kind of like what y'all make and uh, what what Chris makes where there's more of a story or a narrative to it rather than just, you know, a bunch of kills
0: so what's your plan are you going to basically create some another playlist on the ultimate night vision youtube channel or are you going to create another channel
1: we're we don't have any plans right now to have a second channel we'll just have them on the main channel and we'll just kind of the plan is just to mix them in with the regular kill content and some people i'm sure some people will be upset that it's not just kills but i'm sure there's a lot of people who would Probably heat it up. Like to get a little deeper into it than than just uh, you know yeah gills. That's
0: that's cool. I think that's the right way, dude. Because you get you know somebody that has the experience that you do with the equipment that you've had. I ask you questions all the time. I mean, I just you know today with the dual bridge, you know certain things. You're like, oh, dude, you got to do this. You know this bolts that just you're you. That stuff that you do, and a lot of people will take that into appreciation. But you you're there's no getting around people that are bitching. You know, you got guys that are like, oh man, Ultimate Night Vision is posting another video, get ready for fucking boom, 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 boom. And then you're gonna be doing a, a review. Like my channel, most guys are it's it's the same thing. You could, Yeah, you can't you thing.
1: can't please everybody. No matter what you do, somebody's gonna bitch. Exactly. So, you know, just do
0: do what you think is right. And that's good though. How you guys, how you it's just, it's I would almost relate it to like Flair where he had what, 2 million subscribers or something? And then he's like, well, you know what? If we're getting demonetized, I'm going to have a sister channel. And within a week, he has a quarter of a million subscribers. It's it's a similar deal that you can do with your channel. I mean, you have millions and millions and millions of views and hundreds of thousands of subscribers. You're going to get the traffic to those videos. It might not be as much, but dude, 100,000 or a 200,000 view equipment review. Those are the people that want to be there. I mean, you know what I mean? Those are the people that are interested in buying something from you guys or getting more intel from somebody like you. That's a big following. That's a lot of people that are, you know, that that are interested in uniquely interested in what you guys do. I think that's, that's, that's the way to do it. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's going to be a smaller fraction of our audience, but those people are the most important people. Yeah, us in terms yep. of a, a business and, and what we do. Um, so uh, there's, there's just more value to it. There may not be as large of an audience, but there's a lot of value to that. So, um, I mean, that's, just it just makes sense.
0: And it sucks to say that those are the most important people to us, but it is, they are. Well, I mean,
1: I mean the people who are really into this lifestyle, hunting, night vision, shooting sports, people who want to get deeper into it. I mean, there's people who just want to watch who, you know, just want to watch it for entertainment, which is fine. But I mean, we want to cater to the people. I mean, but like this podcast, this is going to go to like your hardcore listeners, yep. the people who really want to get down into the weeds. This is not going to appeal. This is not, this
0: podcast is not going to appeal yeah. to the masses. It won't get <laughs> 5,000 views in a couple months, but that's those 5,000 people that are genuinely interested. That's a pretty solid, I mean, it's not a lot, but it's a pretty solid base of guys that that really, they, they just want more information. It's crazy how many people are always wanting another review for a rifle, or say, hey, dude, why don't you do optics or barrels or suppressors or actions? All sorts of stuff, man. Oh just, yeah, oh yeah. I mean, I'm I'm that
1: way personally. I I pretty much don't watch any short form content on YouTube. Everything I watch on like, the, what do you YouTube mean short socials. short form? Like short short videos, like five minute videos. Pretty much everything that I consume um, on YouTube. Or Spotify or anything is a podcast or something that's like an hour plus. I wanna I wanna learn more about things. I yep. don't I don't just want superficial stuff, and and I think there's a lot of people out there who are looking for something that's a, you know a little less superficial.
0: Oh yeah, hundred percent. That's I think that's a real smart idea. That I'm I'm excited to see how that goes. I'm, I'm excited to see what you can do with that for sure. Um. So what a real quick we might as well talk about uh you you what's it take for you to do an edit like you use final cut pro you said yeah what's it take for you to run through an edit say you have everything that you need everything is laid out pristine your 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 workflow is as good as it can get not not a shit show like i would have like what how long would it take you to to do an edit and be able to upload it on youtube
1: That's a good question. I have no idea what the actual amount of hours is, I'd say it's a lot. I mean, I'd say probably at least 40 hours for, for a video. Um, yeah, a lot of time goes into it. I don't really keep track because I enjoy doing it. So sometimes I'll just start, I'll just start sometime, you know, five in the evening and then just work on it until four in the morning.
0: Dude, that blows my mind. 40 hours. But I probably i'm not imagining how many hours you have to sift through a footage
1: yeah it's a lot of footage i mean it it takes a lot of time um i mean i really couldn't quantify the hours but it, it's a lot but i mean if you enjoy it then the time just flies by that's crazy
0: to me i wouldn't have thought that i wouldn't have guessed that at all like if i have all the footage that i need all on my 705 for my dslr and i've got it all and i just really wanted to burn through it but my stuff isn't it's just I mean, it's there's not as near as much. You have a whole month that you have to go through, so I have to take that in consideration. If I had a whole month of footage, dude, it'd probably take me 100 hours, I guess. Yeah,
1: uh, I don't know. I mean, I hope to get more efficient. I mean, that's probably, it's not sustainable if I can't get more efficient. And probably the reason why you can do it in less amount of time is probably the planning and forethought that goes into it. You know exactly what you're looking to get when you go out there and that's, that's going to make it a lot easier on the back end
0: we were gonna we were gonna talk that was something we were, i remember talking about like i have a it's almost a narrative uh, that i kind of have an idea what i want how i want to put it together if we i mean it, in all a, in a perfect world i would go all right guess what we're going to go to this spot we're going to kill this many coyotes and this is how the production is going to be that's kind of what my mindset is going into each spot and whether or not that happens it's beside the point but when it does happen it's laid out. I have an idea. We can get it done. But regardless, I don't, I'm not as, as that efficient at, at editing by any means. If, if I had to go through the, the footage that you did, I would have probably twice as many hours into it. But so have you looked at what I did was, uh, I got a new Logitech keyboard and with, I use Premiere Pro for editing. I used to use Sony Vegas, and then it didn't work with my graphics card, so I swapped it all up, and I went to Premiere Pro. And now I'm pretty much stuck on the the Adobe cloud. I use Photoshop for a little bit. I'll use Lightroom for editing raw images, and then I'll use Premiere for the videos. And I got into like a Logic-type keyboard and a mouse where I can pre-program my mouse so I can p- use the middle button to to be the splice tool, the cut tool. And then my left button will highlight, and my, my far right button will delete. So I would always, when I, even a year ago, a year ago, I would get on and I would start doing an edit and I would always be on my mouse and I'd have to go over to the toolbar and select a tool and I'd have to drag it over. I bet I shaved off an hour off of a production just by doing those shortcuts on my mouse. The the short, the shortcuts are
1: key. The shortcuts are huge. It saves you a ton of time. I don't, I have, I haven't done it with the mouse, um, but I use the keyboard uh, shortcuts religiously. I mean, if you could give somebody a tip on how to improve your editing or just make editing more efficient, it would be learn your keyboard shortcuts for all those things like um, like splicing and cutting and cutting and pasting and, and all, those, all those little functions that you can do with a keyboard or a mouse rather than having to uh,
0: navigate up with an arrow to click on something in the menu. It's, it's literally a game changer. It's it is. And have you seen those tools that almost look like this, but they're about half the size and it's a, almost a whole nother keyboard that you can kind of learn. I don't know what they're called, but you can they're for, you can use them for all sorts of different editing programs. Have you seen those things? I've
1: seen them, but I had I don't have any experience with them. I probably sh- I probably should be looking into ways to make things even more efficient.
0: If you're going to be doing it, I would my guy that was did he he was a graphics art. Yeah, I think graphics. What do you call it? Uh, he he did he did like a um, CAD and computer aid design and he did uh, went to school to do basically you know the photoshop the, the the video editing he was real savvy at all that stuff and he told me you know what cameras to use what lenses to use he did the first website that we did he was basically a professional photographer and he's the one that told me about those tools and I started looking at him but I don't I don't do it enough to use to justify they're, they're not that expensive, but I, it's almost, you have to learn a whole nother type of learning curve. Yeah. It's like relearning the keyboard, you know, almost in a way, but it would be something to definitely look at. They they say that it's amazing how fast it cuts down your workflow, especially if you're going to be doing the editing that you do. I was just curious if, if you use something like that. Oh gosh, man, that's, that's, was there anything else on your, on your, uh, outline that we were going to maybe touch base on that you can think of we could I could we could talk we've, a lot about yeah we've lot.
1: covered a lot I mean we could we could probably talk about this for hours and hours I think probably hit 30 another. we, 30 we are minutes. we are dude you
0: want to check it out real yeah, quick yeah, and let me check see. it out and then I'll do a the outro so that's uh is there you think there's anything else that you that a guy touch base on real quick before we close her down
1: no, I don't think so. I mean, I'm sure we can have another podcast in the future. See what sort of questions people have. Um, you know, if if anybody has comments, questions, stuff that you want us to cover. I mean, I love this this topic. I could geek out about it all day. So, I mean, I'd love to do another podcast and continue on if people are interested. If if we can tell that people aren't interested or it's putting them to sleep, then. It's probably get to end it anyway.
0: They will. They they'll they, they'll they'll be more will be more people interested in it. And that's I'm the same way. I like I, I always try to stay on top of the newer technology side of things. You know, new shit that comes out. I kind of try to gravitate that way to stay on top of stuff. Cause if you don't you, you fall behind real quick. You know? Right. Oh and another thing too I'll mention at this this uh, so we had we had Rich, we had Tyler and we had Chris. Tyler's the owner of Ultimate Night Vision uh, Rich works for Ultimate Night Vision and Chris does the night crew and I guarantee you everybody that follows us knows who they are but uh we came they came out to do some some videography work some interviews for a a, a new series that they're Tyler's putting together and we went out last night and uh it was 0 degrees I would say the, with the wind chill 0 it was about 13 in the truck but the wind was blowing 15 miles an hour and it was cold and we walk into this set that we set up Keith and I set it up about three weeks ago and there's one two four five there's is there six of us right yeah yeah six of us there's you Tyler Chris me John Keith we all walk in there and there's four guns Rich has a gun Tyler has a gun Chris has a gun John has a gun Keith and I are filming from the back we get into this spot And these guys come all the way from Texas, where it was 70 degrees degrees last week.
1: I think the high was 80 the day before we came up.
0: 80, the day that they came up, the day before they came up. And they get up here, and it's zero. And we put them down in a kill box that we set up. And I kind of felt I should have said something, but I didn't want to mess anything up. Rich is on the far west side of everybody, which would be to our left. And I'm splitting him and Tyler and from the time Rich got his tripod set up and Tyler got his set up and John was and Chris was rich had his hand out. And did you have, you, did you, one of your finger, did one of your gloves not have a finger on it? Yeah. I, I cut the end off my index finger and my thumb. I thought that I saw that, but I was looking with my micro and you had your finger exposed. We were there for 20 four, minutes. To, I was going to say 30 plus and your hand was on the gun the whole time. And I have fingerless gloves, but you know, most of the time we're in there and we're standing, we kind of keep them warm. And we did a countdown and these guys shot five coyotes in like five seconds, four of them all at the same time, I think on the same screen. And then Keith was over there telling Chris, dude, keep your hands, keep your hands warm, keep your hands warm. And I was sitting there to look at Rich's and you were locked on that gun the whole time with your finger exposed for well over half an hour and we've got frostbite and shit like that before. Is it feeling good today or what? It feels fine.
1: It was frozen stiff um oh, shit. after I shot and tried to try to load another round, my finger was completely numb.
0: That's when you that's when it hit you. That's when you're like, "Oh shit, I'm
1: locked up." Yeah, but I I've known from being in that situation, I mean, when you're trying to sink Uh, four different shooters on coyotes that who knows what they're doing, chasing each other around playing grab ass. I knew that I had to be ready to shoot when somebody said, Hey, we're doing a countdown. I had to be, I needed to be ready. So I didn't want to put my hands in my pocket and risk that
0: regardless. That was impressive as hell, man. That's cool. That's something you guys will be seeing from both sides of us. Those guys and us, that was some impressive work. I honestly, Tyler asked me if he thought it was going to happen. And I'm like, I go, no dude, you ain't killing five. I, I was, I mean, I didn't, I'll be honest, I didn't think you were going to kill five, uh, whether it was all on the same screen or whether it was five period on the same set. I didn't think it was going to happen, and it happened. So that was impressive for me to see you guys come in from up there, down here. But it kind of stands to reason. If you're you're well-versed pulling a trigger, if you do it quite often, it's muscle memory you're gonna do it you know you're gonna you're gonna perform you guys did that was cool as hell to see that
1: was that was cool that's that's something that I've never experienced and probably will never experience again and I appreciate uh, you uh hosting us and and letting us
0: shoot all your easy coyotes for you <laughs> Shit, Hell. that was that was there was nothing easy about that dude but yeah I appreciate you guys you, you guys coming down and the information that you provided to tonight that's cool. A lot of guys need to see that. And like I said, I'm real excited to see where things go with what you're doing, your 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 position at UNV, what you're going to be doing for the media side of things. I, I'm always excited and I get jacked watching people's stuff. So uh, with that said, we're getting ready to go film another Killbox tonight. Hopefully we can stack up a few more and kind of duplicate it in a way, get some more footage. But I uh, appreciate it. Once again, we've had Rich Ishiara from Ultimate Night Vision. And uh, hopefully we can do another podcast on, you know, some some upgrades later on. Once you get established and you start getting rolling with your your new reviews and stuff, I wouldn't mind doing some stuff too. I got to get some reviews out. But if if there's anything else you want to add, we can add it. No, I
1: just want to say thanks for having me on. It's been a pleasure. And yeah, I look forward to doing it again.
0: Cool, man. It's been fun, dude. Uh, you guys are a, a pleasure. You, all, all you guys are welcome here anytime. Just, just call. Let us know you're coming up. It was fun for us, and uh, we really enjoyed it. So I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. I hope that you found it entertaining, but more importantly, I hope you found it informational. Once again, I'm James O'Neill. You're here with O'Neill Ops. This has been a Predator Hunter podcast, and we are out. Out.